Hello, friends, and welcome to the All-American Outdoor Podcast. I am your host, Bobby Moran, and we are tying up our Boundary Waters series this week with some gear talk from my good friend and co-host, Tyler Kingery. We hope you guys enjoy this show, and we hope you love talking about gear as much as we do. We're kind of junkies. Here we go. Tyler, we're back again. We're back again. It's been a while. It has. And uh, we are happy to bring you folks another edition of the All-American Outdoor Podcast. As always, we will talk about something outdoorsy. This week, it happens to be our tie-up of the Boundary Waters Podcast. Yes. So, this week, we promised our listeners we would talk gear, which happens to be possibly one of our favorite things to talk about it is it is unfortunately i i say unfortunately because when you think of the boundary water when i think of the boundary waters i think of just being more in nature and being away from the hustle and bustle and but yet i'm taking all this stuff with me so but i don't want to go without without it so right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's always tempting because I feel like, especially on canoe trips, I'm like, oh, I got all this space in this canoe. Right. I got to fill the canoe. It's kind of like the like overnight backpacking theory. Is like I take my 110 liter backpack on an overnight backpacking trip. If you have space, you will fill it unnecessarily. Yes. And usually about day one, the evening of day one, you're going, this was a horrible idea. I knew I shouldn't have packed this much. Right, right. That happens to me every time I go out. Anyway, the other unfortunate thing about being gear junkies is that it tends to be a little bit expensive at times. It can be. It can be. A little expensive and uh, cluttering. Yes. When it comes to the house and uh, just limited space thereof. Yeah, yeah. But I will say this. One of my favorite things about going on trips is packing for trips. Yeah. I know you feel the same I, way. I do. I think w- the first time that we went and we were working together, I think I sent you like multiple pictures of like, okay, here's all my gear out on the ground. All right, here's all my gear halfway in the bag. Here's all my gear in the bag. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then I took a picture of my kids in the bag. Uh, it's, yeah, I love packing for it's it. It's an obsession. Yeah. Trying to fit as much good stuff in you <laughs> in your bag as you can yeah without packing that much weight anyway we won't bore you anymore with our bs here um i guess we'll jump right into this whole gear talk thing so in terms of camping this is kind of a different experience probably for what most people do you know most people are trying to go real light or something like that on a backpacking trip um you know and this you you do have that luxury you do have a little bit more space in your canoe and you can take some more things however you still have to carry that on your back now it's probably not as long as a backpacking trip you know you might portage 40 50 rods um you know or at most what a couple miles maybe yeah um, so most of them are pretty short portages. However, all of this stuff does have to come out on your back. Right. And not only that, but once you get to camp, you got to take everything out and you got all this stuff that you got to organize and 
there's just more stuff that you that's going to be time consuming when you could be back out on the water fishing or doing whatever it is that you do when right. you go on a trip like this. Okay, so let's jump right into this pack situation, okay? Because I know this is something that you've put a lot of research and effort into, and you love this pack that you have. Yes. Uh, what kind of can I can I get away with using a regular backpack? If so, how big? Secondly, I, I know the answer to this question. It's much easier to use a portage pack. What what should I go with there? What am I? What you know? What am I getting into? What's your advice when I'm looking for a a back specifically for kayak canoe trips? Gotcha. So when the, we went the very first time, uh, we took we had some low alpine backpacks that I'm trying to think how big they were. They were pretty good sized packs. They were around like 85 liters probably, um, and they worked okay. Um, the biggest thing with the difference between a portage pack and a regular hiking backpack is that the portage pack is going to fit into the canoe better and it actually sits a lot lower on your shoulders. So when you're taking a canoe and throwing it onto your shoulders to portage from one side to the other, that tall, like, you know, brain or whatever you want to part of your backpack. Yeah. Whatever you want to call it on your backpack is not in the way, uh, especially when you're trying to get it up and over, you know, your shoulders in the first place. We did it the first year, and it was fine. Uh, it was after I did it the second year with a regular portage pack. It Found out how much easier it was. It was so much easier, and the portage packs are bigger. So I um, I love granite gear Yep. for when it comes to uh, portage packs, or just packs in general. Right. Um, granite gear is based out of um, Minnesota. Okay. So they're, I mean, that's their back... It's like your hometown favorite. Yeah, pretty much. But, you know, they've been doing it for a long time. There's other... It, it, it depends on what you want to go with. So, Granite Gear is definitely going to be your more technical side, uh, or like newer, because um, there are other... More top of the line, built for this kind of thing. Right, right. right. Um, but, yeah, it's... Uh, so, we have the Granite Gear Superior, I think it was. It's uh, 121 liters. That's a big pack. It's a big pack. and That's a lot of weight. Yeah. So the other thing is, is uh, you know, even fitting the, the backpack in between um, just when you're throwing it onto your canoe. Right. Um, you know, in the gun walls, stuff like that. It sits nice and low. Yep. Um, it fits perfectly. and it, you know, It's not awkward it like a backpack would be to throw in right, there. Right, right. Yeah. So like where the yoke was for the, uh, the portage yoke. On our other backpacks, I actually had to, I, I had to kind of tilt it sideways and get it, you know, since it was so long versus yeah. wide and short. Right. I had to kind of, you know, snake it underneath the the portage yoke and stuff like that just to get it into the canoe in the first place, and then trying yeah. to get it out. Um, it was it, a whole debacle. So yeah, it, it's. I mean, it's 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 totally fine. You don't need to spend the money on it if you're, you know, you're taking your first trip. But if you get up there and you love it, I highly suggest that you invest into a portage pack. And you can rent them up there pretty easy. Uh, it is a lot different to pack a portage pack. Really? Way different. So Talk about that, because okay. I, I don't know anything about that. Okay, so the biggest difference is there is no form whatsoever to a portage pack. Um, mm. It is just, it's just a, it's just a sack, sack cloth. <laughs> pretty much. It's just a, 
my wife calls it a, a black hole backpack, and it is. I, I can literally fit both of my kids in there, and oh, yeah, there it is so big. But with that said, there's sp- specific ways you need to pack it to be able to give it that form so that it's kind of that square shape, right. hopefully. And uh, that was one thing that I did a lot of. I'm big into compartmentalizing every little thing, yep. So that you know you. So everything has its uh, somewhat form to it already, right? So like your clothes and your, um, your sleeping tent, bags, sleeping bags, and stuff like that. So yeah, so it, it was one of those things where you, I think it's trial and error for everybody, but uh, you really need to f- do it at home first. Yeah. Because once you get out on the water, you don't want to be messing around with it. It's yeah. You know, if you don't have all the gear already, you know, get there the day before. Mess with it. Then. Mess with it then. You know, pack it, unpack it. You know, try it a different way. Unpack it. Um, they they take a um, a liner that goes inside the portage yep. pack. That's basically like a huge trash bag, okay. it, but it's just really thick um, plastic. Plastic. Basically. And so you pack inside. So it goes inside the portage pack. You you put all of your gear into that, and then you roll that up um, a specific way, and then you close your portage pack. Oh, okay. Um, and the reason and that keeps it kind of watertight, then keeps it watertight, um, that, and that's the biggest thing. Is so, you know, after my first go around, we were talking with the outfit a little bit more, and little things you don't think about as a as a newbie going out there is like, if we tip over, it's not like we're just on a river. It's you know we're out on a lake, and if that stuff goes straight to the bottom, we're you're not much, getting it back. Yeah, yeah. we're pretty screwed. So. Um, with that, I actually watched a couple videos on how to roll the the um, liner, and once you and I've seen videos of the liner, like the backpack or the portage pack itself, actually floating on the lake uh, for it traps air because it traps air and it doesn't sink to the bottom um, for you know a couple hours. Wow! So you know that'll give you some time if heaven forbid you do. Um, some guys will do what they call they call it a laundry line. Okay. So basically, from like the f- the front of the canoe to the back of the canoe, they'll run a a line that goes all the way through. And when they put their pack in, they have a carabiner on it, and they clip onto that line. Oh. So if it, if the canoe tips, it doesn't just take f- all the gear to the bottom. Exactly, or float away, or you know something like that. Gotcha. So um, just little things like that that we learned, you know, when we were. After our first round, I guess, yeah. so to speak. But yeah, it's it's definitely a lot different to p- the pack of portage packs. So if you have one or you're renting one, you know, hopefully you you're there a day early and you have time to actually pack it, unpack it, pack it again, just to get a feel for how everything goes in there and how you like it and stuff like that. Right, so. right. For those of you that don't know, kind of like Tyler was explaining, a portage pack is basically what you hope to be, kind of a square shape, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you kind of use the same philosophies as packing a backpack, um, where you want the heavier stuff kind of near the bottom, um, so that you're carrying the weight more on your legs than your shoulders. And that usually probably lends itself pretty well to keeping the shape because the heavier stuff like your sleeping bags, pads, stoves, whatever, tend to carry that shape a little bit more that you're looking for. Right. Right. Well, yeah, I I would say the way that I ended up packing mine was more out to the sides because mm. these packs are wider than your yeah. traditional pack. So, um, like a lot of my stuff was running up and, you know, straight up, up and, and down. down. Uh, so I would put my heavier stuff towards the middle. And then as I got to the outside of it, 
it was my lighter stuff. Uh, okay. Um, just because it's all sitting pretty low on, on your back already. Right. Um, and it just sticks out to the side a lot more. Yeah. So it's, it, like I said, it, it's trial and error for everybody. Um, but yeah, definitely, you know, if you're, if you're not using a pack that is your own, get some time to, to figure it to out figure and pack it, out. it the way that you want it to go. Um, as far as gear goes, though, I, the Granite Gear Superior One, it's it's pretty awesome. Uh, it runs, I think, around two twenty, two thirty, okay. something like that. What I liked about it is that it's the um, it, it's not a a, uh, a canvas type porch right. pack. It's newer technologies and stuff like that. It's got a nice hip belt on it, uh, padded hip hip belt and, right. and shoulder straps. Um, and then it has like an extra sleeve on the outside of it. So like if you set up a tarp, okay. um, you can put your tarp in there if it's wet from the dew in the morning. You just want to let it dry out or something That's like that. That's super nice. So um, the the other probably go-to is uh, a Duluth pack. Okay. And Duluth pack is your traditional pack. A Duluth pack is the canvas, but like the straps aren't really padded. They're not, I mean, they're just okay. canvas straps. They're... Um, it's pretty much what the like the fur traders and um, people used in the inception of the the whole thing, I right. guess. Right. Um, so yeah, that's that, that's then, but they're a lot more expensive too. Really? Yeah. What do you think? There's one thing that makes it better than the other, or why? You know, why? Are, aside from like padded hip and shoulder stuff i mean why would anybody choose to go with a duluth pack over a portage pack um i mean i think some people think that the uh material holds up better you can wax the canvas you know make it a little more waterproof gotcha um i i don't know i i think it's and some of it's just tradition i think you know yeah some people like the tradition of it too being the kind of the original one i i've been to their their store uh I yep. love their stuff. Their stuff is awesome. I'm actually wearing one of their shirts <laughs> now. But um, their stuff is great. They, I, I really do like their stuff. But for the money, uh, I like the the luxury of the hitted, hit, the softer hip yeah. belt and, uh, and yeah, the I shoulder straps. Yeah, I think I'd go that way too, especially for a little bit less money would be great. Um, one, one more option on the backpack too, a lot of people go with um, – there are a lot of the, I, I don't even know what kind of material it is because I haven't looked into it that much. I know like Seal Line makes one. I've seen that one. Um, but it's more like a, uh, just like the watertight bags that you see for like when you go canoeing around here that's kind of right. got the roll top down. Right. Um, you have those that actually have straps on them. And mm-hmm. then barrels. A lot of people use barrels. They're like, a, it's like a plastic barrel and you can put a, uh, Let's see here. I'm pulling like an up. external frame pack or something on it. Yeah, pretty much. It's uh, but like wow, that's crazy. Yeah, so it's uh, you can use the barrel as like a your I think as a bear canister as well. That's actually kind of convenient. Right. So which is another big deal too while while you're out there. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, so it kind of pulls double double duty, but it just doesn't look as comfortable to me. No, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna pass on that. I'll right. take my chances with the bears. Right. Um, okay, and so 
being that your pack is 120 liters, I'm going to go ahead and assume for a two-person trip, you can fit both of your gear in that one pack. <laughs> and if not, how big is your queen-sized air mattress? <laughs> right. Uh, we did not. Uh, we, we took two packs now. So my wife took her backpacking pack okay. with her still. Um, because you have food, too. That's true. And you're taking food for... Double food for d- five days. For yeah. five days. And it, depending on what you're taking, what kind of food you're taking... You know, it's one of those things where it could be, if you, I mean, if you're taking real food, you're you're taking a lot of packs. It's heavy. Yeah, yeah. it's ha- so versus the the Mountain freeze dry or whatever you right. So we, I think we we split it up. I mean, I typically carried more weight than she did. Right. Um, plus, then you have all of your fishing gear, depending on how much fishing yeah. gear you have too. Um, so I think typically in the big backpack, I had. I think what we had. So, I had my tent, my two-person tent. Um, we had my sleeping bag, my uh, plus tarps. I usually took about two oh. tarps. So, what for? Um, Just putting. Well, depending, definitely depending on what time of year you go. Mm. Um, you never know when it's going to rain up there. Yeah. And if you're out in the middle of nowhere, and you're not going to go out on the lake, you want to have somewhat of a a city to a a, shelter a shelter dry. To, right i mean you're, you'll have your your tent obviously but instead of being stuck inside your tent you can at least get underneath your yeah because then once your tent's wet it's wet for the rest of the week right right and a lot of times uh, i know there were times where what we would do is if we if it was raining we'd get up to shore we'd put out the um the tarp and then we would set up our tent underneath the tarp so that oh, we nice uh, you know and then that way we could we're not sitting you know, everything's getting wet and everything like that. So right. we can throw the tarp up pretty quick. So Yeah, that's super nice. Yeah. I made one of my tarps myself. Which okay. are actually fairly easy to do if you can fabric fabric weld. Fabric weld, yes. I like to fabric weld. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> um Tyler likes to use fancy words to make it sound manly. Manly. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so yes, I fabric weld. Uh, I, I do hammocks and, and tarps and stuff like that. So, but no, I so I made one tarp uh, specifically for it's more of a, a hammock shelter than it is anything else. And then I have the Kelty Noah twelve, which is like a twelve foot by twelve yeah. foot, um, and it's got some cat cuts on it to make it you know, a little right. easier to stretch and get tight. And For stuff. sure. Um, but yeah, it, things I didn't, I never thought about. Yeah. Tarps. It's so, so great, great yeah. idea. But a lot of people just use, right. I mean, if you go on the, uh, the website, a lot of, you'll see a lot of people just use the, the old blue tarps. Really? Up there. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, I don't know. Th- they're probably going to weigh more than they're going to. Yeah. They're going to weigh more and be a little bit less packable. I would assume. <laughs> exactly. But uh, I mean, it depends on what kind of trip you're doing. Sure. So if you're doing a, if you're going in and you're base camping, it doesn't matter. I mean, right. you're going to get in there, you're going to set up camp, and you're there. Right. So, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Those are that's great things to think about in terms of other gear. Um, I know this time, this last trip you guys did, you took a little bit less like real food and opted for a little bit more freeze dried stuff. Did that change the game for you at all? How did you like that? Would you go back to real food? What's it, your thoughts on that? Um, I liked it. Um, it I don't mind the freeze-dried food, especially coming out of the Army. We, we ate MREs all the time, yeah. so it wasn't a big deal. But um, the first year we went, we Carly had this big, elaborate 
meal plan for each day to the point where we took in like real like eggs, like fresh eggs with us. Uh, oh. They've never been refrigerated and stuff like right. that, you know. But uh, fresh eggs and all this other stuff because we were, you know, fully planning on catching fish and frying yeah. them up, bread, you know, breading them and stuff like that. And uh, the second day we were there, I hung our, our bear bag, and we went to go our food bag to, and we went out back on the lake to fish. And we came back, and I went to go take it down, and the limb broke, and this limb was pretty dang high and oh, the whole bag comes no. crashing down to the ground and it's just, the eggs just broke all over the inside of the <laughs> food bag it was horrible oh no yeah it, it was bad so uh yeah the nice thing about that though i mean cook, taking real food in your bag definitely does get a lot lighter as at, the trip goes on. as the trip goes on whereas with the freeze dried is typically not heavy in the beginning but you're still taking all that trash out with you right so i mean it's still it, taking up space yeah still taking up space we got we got visitors visitors coming out to listen <laughs> to the live recording of the podcast so but yeah i i uh i the nice thing about the freeze dried is there's less um cooking equipment you need to take with you right um right you're not hauling any like cast iron or right. Yeah, some guys take ca- or, yeah. cast iron in there with them. I can't imagine. No, holy smokes. Yeah. No, thank you. I'll just ruin a nice little lightweight pot over the fire. I don't right. Care. <laughs> well, now we did take our. Uh, yeah, we took our um, little. Uh, I'm trying to think what it's called. I'm trying to think of the brand that we used for our stove. MSR. No, we didn't use an MSR. <laughs> I think we ended up getting one from. Walmart is just nice, like a Coleman or something. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think it may have been a Coleman. It just screws right on yep. top of the. Th- yep. And that thing. I mean, I've used them. Yeah, they're great. Yeah. they work like a charm. Little propane tank. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we just took that with us, and um, the first time we took it with us, mainly for my coffee, because I had to have coffee. Right. Oh, you got to. Yeah. And then uh, the second time, we uh, we were doing mainly freeze dried, so we didn't have to worry about the building the fire in case that's the other thing i would say one of the biggest things that i didn't think about at the very beginning until we started researching it more was looking into uh cutting equipment Mm, i knew you were going there because the thing is is you think about this you're going out there you're not hauling wood in with you so when you get to a campsite you gotta cut it you gotta cut it you gotta go find it you gotta you know and if it's raining outside there's a good chance you may not have a fire. Right. So that's, you know, definitely take a stove with you just in case you need to fix some food or something like that. Right. But, uh, yeah, take it, take a hatchet or an axe with you. Take a, um, we have a, a collapsible saw. Okay. Um, that works amazing. So, you know, use the saw to go through and actually cut, you know, cut your limbs down. Then you right. can use your hatchet to break it down into further into now i i can tell you're sitting over there waiting to brag about your axe that your (laughs) wife got you so why don't you just go ahead and enlighten the audience because tyler takes pride in this axe it is beautiful it it is beautiful it's a Gransfors brooks axe and um didn't you order it from like england or europe or something it it, well they're from sweden um and there's like seven like actual blacksmiths there and they all like they'll like stamp their initials oh, into the head of it and they the axes are the axe are amazing i mean um this is a the forester which is so it's a 
it's kind of like halfway in between a, a hatchet and a regular size axe. Yep. So it's long enough that you can get two hands on it and swing it if you need to, but it's sh- short enough to where you can do it one handed if you need to as well. Yeah. Um, and it's sharp as all get out. So yeah, you could probably clean a deer with that thing, couldn't you? I I could literally shave the hair off my arms with it Holy when I first smokes. got it. It needs to be sharpened for sure. But yeah, they're amazing. Wickedly sharp. Yes. That is too so. cool. Man, I see this whole boundary waters thing has got me feeling my inner woodsman. <laughs> we need to get an axe. Anyway, okay, so we've touched on food. We've touched on some miscellaneous things that you wouldn't think about. This is great because I. I know in my backcountry kit, I'm not carrying an axe. Right. And I know I'm not carrying tarps. Right. And so this is awesome because there are. this is definitely a different environment than I've ever... I mean, even camping on the river and stuff, this is different. You right. Know, you can last for a couple nights if you don't have a tarp, but when you're out there for a week, it, you need one. You right. want one. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing is... Um, I don't know. Yeah. I didn't think about the tarps. Plus, even when... if Even if it wasn't going to rain, we always set them up. And we put all of our gear underneath of it. Now right. you can put your gear underneath the canoe if you wanted to when you turn it upside down. But you know, we would set up the tarp, put all our gear, so like the dew in the morning wasn't just all over our gear when we got there. So we weren't taking all the space up underneath our right. Um, you know, under our fl- you know tent fly. Yeah, that's super nice. Oh, that's such a nice thing to have dry gear and only have one or two tarps right. to dry out on your way there. Yeah. That's a game changer for sure. And you can set those up wet. They'll dry out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Man. All right. Um, Let's move on to the next piece of equipment. I I feel like I know the answer to this because I know what you're partial to. But what kind of tent are you packing? Um, What's your your favorite? My favorite tent? So I have a big Agnes tent. I knew it. Yeah. Uh, We have the Rattlesnake 2. So it's which they don't make anymore. I think it's it's gone on to something else. That has the mountain glow. Oh yeah, lights in it, which mm-hmm. yeah, the, which are pretty sweet. But um, so yeah, w- it, it it was awesome. I mean, it was great. We're thinking about possibly doing one this year still. Okay, a trip. We we've we've tossed around the idea about doing it with the kids. A little different. A little, a lot different. Yeah. So with that, I have a, a another big Agnes tent that is, um, I think it's, I'm trying to remember the model name of it. It's a six person though. Okay. So it's it's the family tent. Yeah, it's the family tent. It's big, and so we had talked about uh, using two tents. Yeah. At the same time, I told Carly, he's like, you know, we could split. You know, I could carry. Could split one tent. One tent between the two of us, and it'd be like the same thing. Right. And we'd all be together. You might even pack less weight that way. Right. So it's, uh, I'm trying to think of the name of it. It was like mountain something. I can't remember. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's great. Yeah. I, I would, I am too cheap to go buy a big Agnes tent. So I just went to the garage sale and got myself a half dome, an Aria half dome, which in my experience, if you're looking for a good tent for pretty cheap and you can usually find them at rei garage sales like every time you go right the rei half dome is a great tent it is a good tent i have spent many nights in the backcountry on a half dome in 20 30 40 mile an hour winds on the top of a glacier and i know they hold up yeah so that uh, be on the lookout for that you really it's an rei garage sale steal I, i think i got mine for like 50 bucks or something yeah. and there was a tiny little split in one of the poles yeah. and I took a little hacksaw and just cut an 
eighth of an inch or a quarter of an inch off the pole and it works phenomenal. Yeah. When we got our when we got the big Agnes, the rattlesnake, it was uh it was on clearance. It was on their uh garage sale on their website. Yep. And um plus there was like another twenty percent off and I had like the members members perks, perks that they're running right now. Right. So I, it we ended up getting it down all the way to like a hundred some dollars. Holy like smokes, low that's hundreds. awesome for that. So time. yeah, it was it was super affordable. It was one of those you couldn't pass up. So. Bargain shopping, folks. That's how you get good backcountry gear without yes. breaking the bank completely. Yes. Because it gets real expensive if you buy at full price. Like real expensive. Oh yeah. Very, very. Ty- Tyler and I both are avid uh bargain shoppers. I, I know some of my favorite places to get bargain gear. This is totally unrelated, but side note, if you want good backcountry gear cheap REI Garage Sales are a good place. Sierra Trading Post, yep. Steep and Cheap, mm-hmm. The Climb, all of these websites. Get on there because they run some great deals, and you can snag some awesome gear for really cheap. And check and, and keep a keep an eye out if you follow a lot of these companies on Instagram or any of the social media platforms. Yeah. they run deals. I got this uh, new pillow. Uh, it's the made by Climate. Um, that's K L Y M I T. Um, they have this X pillow. It's literally two ounces, two and a quarter ounces, and it packs down to like the size of a dollar bill. Yeah, and like uh, a wallet. Yeah, pretty much. And I got two of them for less than twenty bucks. Yeah, just had to pay shipping. So, oh wait, well that that was that including was shipping. Yeah. Holy smokes! Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, folks, if you're looking for some good gear, check out those discount websites. We stay on those on the reg. Yes. Uh, okay, let's move on. Uh, we kind of touched on some camping gear. This is a big one for me mm-hmm. because I like my feet to be warm and dry. Yes. What footwear are you packing on a trip like this? So first and foremost, your feet aren't going to be They're warm not and dry. Be dry. <laughs> throw <laughs> that, that out the window. Throw kids. it out the window because that was the biggest thing for us. So I ended up getting a um, what was it? Uh, I mean, they're water shoes essentially. Right. But these were, um, they were like regular tennis shoes. So, really? yeah, they, at first I wasn't sure. Um, I The first time we went, I took my uh, boots with me. Yep. And I had my, you know, all that stuff. And then I took the uh, water shoes and I maybe wore my boots once. They got really? w- They got wet. And next thing it I was know, over. it was over. I didn't wear them the rest of the trip. And I was, and we went. Like I said, right after Labor Day, the yep. water was still warm enough for that. You know, I, I had no problems getting my feet wet anyway. Right. And so the thing is, is you know, you you're getting in and out of the canoe, and most of the banks have really sharp rocks on them and stuff like that. Right. So um, you can't just run it on the shore or anything like that. So you got to wait a little bit. Yep. Probably. So you're going to be getting out in the water, and there's just there's no getting around it. Um, if you if you want to try to get onto the rocks, there's a good chance you're going to get hurt. More right, or less. Right. And so we just jumped in the water and, you know, went for it that way. Yeah. So I, the second trip, I just took my, my water shoes again, um, some flip-flops. For uh, running around camp or r- something. Right. And I think I took some, I had some new, new Balance. Yeah. That are, that are like minimalist, like. Yep. Shoes. Yep. That are really light, really small, you know, packed down pretty easy. Easy to slip on for like a, a long portage or something like that, probably that you don't want to like. Right, blister your feet on. Well, like the water tennis shoes did really well. Really? Uh, yeah, they did great. Um, Man. Yeah, that that was the biggest thing. But they discontinued that p- 
particular one. And so I haven't really looked because it's been a couple of years since we've been. So I haven't looked to see what's on the market right now or anything like that. But gotcha. I, if you could get some water shoes, not just like the water socks, that's like you get right. at Walmart or something like that. But these actually had a regular sole on them, mm. um, laced up and everything. Um, but they just had ports on the side that would drain out the water. Drain the water. So those are, it was awesome because you can jump in the water with them. You don't have to worry about it. You could, I could throw everything on my back. I didn't have to worry about that. Yeah. Um, we may have some technical difficulties here. I think we're good. I think we're okay. Oh yeah, we're good. Anyway, sorry about that. Uh, great. Well, Okay, moving on to the next piece of gear on our list. Uh, clothing. Mm-hmm. What can I kind of expect? I mean, if you're taking a trip anywhere from May to August, it's going to be pretty... The weather's going to be pretty fair and right. warm. Um, aside from, like, probably some pants to wear around the fire at night or something like that. Um, am I going to want, like, a puffy jacket? Am I going to want, you know... What's what's that kind of temperature difference? What are what are you taking in terms of like layers? Um, so when we went, like I said, we went in September, so it was you know the chances of it being a lot colder at night was a lot greater. So uh, we you know definitely take our wool like wool socks wool for socks. sure. Oh my gosh, there on on any trip that I go on, whether it's camping in a state park or a backcountry hunt. You cannot uh, overstate the morale boost that a dry pair of wool socks brings you oh at yeah. night. Yep. Oh sure. my goodness! <laughs> it is like I I can't even describe it. Yeah. It you just have to experience it. Yeah. Now when I wore those water water shoes, um, yep. they kind of had like a neoprene type sock. Okay. Um, and I didn't wear any socks with it when I when I wore them. So it was kind of like I. I would even say Keens would be okay. Okay. You know, you could wear some yeah. Keens. Keens would be just fine. The biggest difference between these, and I, which I had a pair of Keens as well, but the biggest difference between a pair of Keens and these was that with the neoprene-type sock that was built into it, there was no... I didn't have to worry about rocks getting in, you know, underneath my feet. Right. Especially when I'm portaging. So, sure. Um, which was always a problem with with my Keens, but they're great in the water and, you know, on the boat and stuff like that. But right. you start portaging from one place to another and you get a little bit of gravel in there and, and your feet are just... like a son of a yeah. gun. So, I mean, it's... That's what I really liked about these. But you could use Keens. You just have right. to... Be careful about where you're stepping. Right. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure a lot of people opt for, like, Chacos or something like that, too, which yeah. I... I love my Chacos. Right. But I don't think I could hike in them. No. I... I, I, I I met girls and guys when I was out in Washington uh. that would hi- that would backpack in Chacos like t- like eight nine <laughs> ten mile trips like with a pack on their back and not get blisters. Really, I don't know how they do it. Uh, I My do feet would be like bloody. Right, right. It would be terrible. Yeah. No, I, thank you. When it comes to like pants, we just used you know your typical like just like a hiking pant, hiking or something pant, like that. something that you can zip on, zip off. Um, so you can go down to shorts if you need to in a day. Um, we're not, you're not trying to win a fashion show right. out there. So you, you can might go, as well be comfortable. Right. So you can go down to shorts during the day. And then if it gets cooler at night, you can put the pants back on or the legs back on. Uh, 
you know, we took a base layer with us just in case. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, for those of you that don't know, a base layer is like usually wool, some yeah. kind of wool layer, um, like a long sleeve, maybe some long underwear. Right. Yeah. So and then we, as far as shirts go, I would say it, it's, it's everybody's preference. You could go with a uh, short sleeve shirt if you wanted to. Sure. Um, but you're also going to have to worry more about the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, Mosquitoes. Because you're out on the water, and you can get burnt really quick out on the water. Yeah. For those of you that don't really have a lot of experience with boats, there is, take it from me, I have red hair and fair skin. There is no faster way to get a sunburn than being on a boat because their glare and the reflection off the water yep. multiplies it by tenfold, yeah. and it is awful. Yeah. So... We typically would take long sleeve, sh- uh, like tech shirts, something that would, like a dry fit kind like, of thing, like a dry fit, something yeah. that kind of wicks the moisture away and keeps you cool, but protects your skin from the sun and stuff like that too. Fast drying, right? That kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. So, and a flannel. You okay. Take a flannel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you're in, you, when you're in Minnesota, you gotta have a flannel, right? right? Like yeah. I feel like that's a prerequisite to even like get past state lines. They're like, do you have flannels? Right. Yes. Okay, you're good. Um, one thing, a side note on clothing. Yep. So if you're going in the months that have um, a lot of bugs, you can actually pre-treat your clothes with a uh, paraffin, I think it's called. Permithium. Permithium. Yep. Um, you can Typically, you can find it over in Walmart in like the hunting section. Yep. Um, treat your clothes with it. It'll... Bathe them in it. Yes. That way you don't have to worry about... You know, spraying bug spray on every time. I mean, you're still gonna have to put bug spray on, but you don't have to worry about covering your entire body because yeah. your most of your clothes are gonna be are gonna have it in it, and it'll last you months or a couple washes or quite a few washes, I think. Yeah. Um, but that's yeah. a tick repellent as well. Right, and ticks are pretty big really up there too. Really rampant up there. So yeah, so that's one thing I would definitely recommend to people. Uh, one little tip that we saw, and I and I don't remember the name of what the particular is. It's basically like a scarf. But it's mm. a bigger scarf. Okay. Uh, something like I think, a blanket scarf almost. <laughs> well, it's like it, it, it's something that they use in like the Middle East. Uh, oh, like a shamak. Yeah. 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 So uh, we both have one of those and we bathe those in the permethium. Mm. Um, and so that way, because you're going to have them around your face too and stuff like that. And a lot of people would, um, you know, they would put it, put it over, e- their face, over, their keep face, it over their face. Over their face. And that would kind of keep the sun off of your face as well as. You know, keeping yeah. the bugs away, and you can. There's so many things you can do with it. Sure. You know, different configurations and stuff like that. Yeah. So put it around your neck to keep the sun off your neck. I was gonna say I rarely leave home without my buff. Right. Yeah. It's like a. Yeah. You could take your buff. You could probably treat that. Treat that as well. And throw that over your face too. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Gosh. I love me a good buff. It's one of my favorite pieces of gear for yeah. any kind of outdoor stuff. Yep. It is awesome. Yeah. Okay. Um, I guess. We'll move on from clothing. I s- one more thing. If you're going anywhere, this is just me. If you're going anywhere outdoors, pack your rain shell. You never yes. know yes, we had a when rain. you're going to get caught in a rainstorm. And I would rather be dry than wet. That is probably my favorite piece of gear. Yeah. Do not skimp on a good rain shell. If I you are going to buy a rain shell, buy something with Gore-Tex. Buy something that is... Worth more than one hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. That is that is my philosophy. If you are going to skimp, I would suggest frog togs or yes. actually really good 
Um, very lightweight. Very lightweight. Um, that's what we end up using for our pants. Um, yeah. So we just, for our pants, because majority of the time we were just going to wear, I mean, we both have really nice rain jackets. I have a... Um, I, Marmot. No, it's not Marmot. Arteryx. Some kind of brand, anyway, yeah. North Face. Yeah, some, yeah, ah, who knows? Yeah, yeah. Man, I am I am having a complete brain fart. So, um, yeah. So we both have really nice rain jackets, but we both got frog dog pants. Um, but we actually got the ones that come up a little bit higher because mm. you're sitting down a lot yep. more, so you don't want those pants to kind of work their way down. Yep. On you, you know what I mean. So, uh, yeah, but definitely rain gear is essential because you never know when it's going to blow in cut loose yeah 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 i'm sure that can't be overstated um okay last piece of like camping gear item ish thing there are wild animals yes some of those animals being bears and wolves yes are you packing or are you bear spraying we didn't do either Great. Yeah. Yeah. You're risking. Actually, <laughs> actually, I think we, uh, I can't remember if she brought some bear spray or not, but we, I'm pretty sure we didn't do it either. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's risking or, I mean, we had her, you know, we would have her knife, knives right. on us. Uh, we would have the axe, the axe and stuff like that. And, um, uh, we weren't on land as, as much. I mean, you have right. to you have to worry about you know when you're in camp and stuff like that. But um, the second time we went, one of the guys that was on our uh, in our company, he he brought one, and uh, I forget what he brought. It was something stupid, but yeah, it. Um, I don't unless you have a phobia of bears. They're yeah. not. They're not like. It's not like you're camping in grizzly country exactly. or something like that. It's, you're not in grizzly country, and if the bear's going to get into your camp, they're more worried about your food than they are you. Right. Um, yeah, and bears up there are probably pretty trained to be like, oh, there's food, or there's somebody that's going to hit me with an axe. Like, right. Mm, I'm going to take the food back. <laughs> right. So, um, and I don't really know that you have, again, I think the biggest worry that you have up there are, are moose. Yeah, more moose than, are super terrifying. Yeah, more than, than bear or wolves or anything like that, and... You know, I don't know that, that a handgun... Especially guns. summer with calving season. I'm sure those mama mooses are pretty protective. Yeah, I would think that a handgun was just going to piss a moose off, pretty much. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know that... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not worth the extra weight. Right, exactly. So, we didn't take anything. Uh, and I don't I'm know. sure some bear spray would just turn that rage into a blind rage, <laughs> which is almost more scary than a not blind moose. Right. <laughs> and you'd have to have it easily accessible, and that's just one right. more thing. And right. We just didn't mess with it. Yeah. So. Yeah, I know a lot of people waters. do. Right, right. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, I don't. In terms of bear spray needing, you're just not. I mean, you just don't hear that much about people needing bear spray in the boundary waters. You right. know, if you're in in the mountains or you know Montana or something like that, where bears are a lot more prevalent. Right. Then I, you know, pack bear spray or something right. like that. But you just, I just don't feel like you often hear about bear attacks. In the boundary waters. No, you don't. Um, I will say a couple little um, different uh, odd, I guess, pieces piece, of gear. Pieces of gear that I would rec- recommend. Yeah. Um, there's and some of these you can make yourself. Just do some research. They're super easy. Um, there's this little thing they call a dealy bob. A dealy bob. A dealy bob. Basically, is like a um, it's a piece of uh, like elastic cord with a toggle on it. And a um, 
uh, like a little slide, cinch slide on it. Mm -hmm. And so what we use these for, so if you need to lash something to like, you know, to your backpack or, or your canoe gunwale or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. You can use these and you can adjust the size on them. And so, which is really nice. Super nice. Yeah. So what we ended up using these on the second trip was, so I, I actually made a bunch of my own because they're super easy to make. Anybody can do this. Yeah. Um, but I, we would take our, um, the one of the biggest things was just trying to find that rhythm of once you get to shore, mm -hmm. you know, getting out of the water because you want to try to get out. Of the, you don't want to just like sit there on the, on the shore the entire time. That's one of the kind of the etiquettes because you never know when somebody else is going to come up on you. Right. Um, so you don't want to just sit there. And there was a couple of times where we had, you know, people that we were either, they were moving faster than us mm -hmm. or we were moving faster than them. So once you get to shore, you want to kind of get up and off to the side before you start portaging. So you're not blocking the, the, the main portage. And so we would, um, you know, we get off to the side Yep. And the first time you're you're breaking the, the fishing rods down and you're right. putting them on the backpacks and you you know you got to be careful with them so you're not you know breaking Busting any tips. And so with the dealy bobs, I just strapped them to the canoe, and so they were always so even when I portaged, they were just attached to the canoe and pretty much safe because they were kind of underneath, um, like the portage yoke and stuff like that. Right. And uh, yeah, that's super helpful. Yeah. So you didn't have to worry about unpacking them, breaking them down. You could leave lures on them if you wanted to. Yeah. Um, and again, you <laughs> you're not hooking your leg. Right. Exactly. It's just, and it's, it's just a time saver. So you can yeah. get that portage over with quicker if you want to. Um, so that was a big, big thing that really helped us the second time around. Man. Um, I would say the other thing was, here, let me see if I can pull it up. Um, it's basically a, uh, I don't know what they call it. It's a, uh, it fits underneath my seat. Um, they call it uh, the st on Granite Gear. It's the stowaway seat pack. Okay. Um, it fit right underneath my seat, and yep. basically, what was nice. I mean, it has this big zipper on it, so you can put. Oh, nice. Right. So we would put. Uh, I ended up taking all of my fishing lures and yep. I put them in there, so they're with me underneath me the entire time. And that I that is awesome. And it's and it's attached to your seat, so instead of having to put you know, more fishing weight onto your pack. You can just leave it on the canoe. Just leave it on the canoe if you want to. Um, and it's there, so it's underneath the seat. So when you flip it over, it's on top of the seat, and it's, you know. It's out of the way. It's out of the way. That is um, brilliant. And the nice thing about the Granite Gear one is that in the bottom of it has this piece of um, poly, like a poly sheet. Yeah. They kind of give it some form. Yep. But it moves out. It comes out so that you can use it as like a cutting board for you catch fish oh wow yeah it's awesome yep. so granite gear is amazing when it comes to canoes like gear itself yeah. so they uh, are the place to go right so i really liked that they they have um what they call like a bow bag uh fits for the person up in front yep. to where you know again that can it's attached so you don't have to worry about taking it off if you don't want to um we didn't have one so it's just one of those things where we kind of made do with whatever we had, but those were definitely. I mean, it's nice because you could put your your sunglasses in there. You could yeah. uh, you could stow your if you wanted to. You could stow your um, rain gear in there to where it's quick oh, access. Man. Why if you're out on the lake and it starts raining on you or something like that, um, you could put your map in there. Now, typically on my map, what I would do is on the uh, I'm trying to think of the, the term that's called 
one of the supports that goes from Gunwall to Gunwall. I can't remember. Yeah, I can't. I, I'm drawing a blank too. But uh, so on that, I would take a. Uh, I kind of had to set the f- after the first time. I made a little setup out of uh, actually some Ziploc bags and some yep. carabiners and stuff like that. It was kind of janky, but it worked really well. Um, but I would actually, you know, hook it onto that support that was going across right in front of yeah. me. So the entire trip, you know, my, my compass and my map is right there in front of me. So I can see exactly, okay, here we're on, the, we're on this lake. We're on, you know, here is the area that we're at, the lake, right. the portage is over here. You're always, you just know where you're yeah. at. Which if you've ever been in the backcountry, let alone the big Minnesota woods and wilderness, Knowing where you're at at all times is a very, very good way to have some peace of mind. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so one of the outfitters that we went through, um, I think it was Voyagers, I think was the the first one that we went through. Uh, Voyagers. So we rented a, I think we rented one the second time too, but Voyagers is really good about it. Um, But they have, I forget what it's called. It's like a GPS, but it doesn't have a readout on it. Oh, um, a spot beacon. Yeah. Yeah. A spot. So, yes, it was like a spot something. Yep. So it would, it would send it out every so often. Um, and they would actually, um, Voyagers, they would actually take the map and then they would email it to us so we could see where every time we would get to a a spot, we would, we could hit a button to put a, like a flag. Yeah. And what was nice is we didn't, you know, we didn't go with our kids. So they could actually get online. And see where you're and at. And see where we were at on the, because they could access the map on through Voyager's website. That is really convenient. Yeah, so it was really cool for the kids to be able to watch where we were we were going and stuff like that. But it, it, sp- speaking of peace of mind, it's it's you know they're kind of expensive. We don't have one. We just usually rent one. Yeah. But they're really good because you can, if you get in any kind of trouble, that you can. There's SOS. A, there's an right SOS there. there, and I mean, you're gonna have to pay some. But if you if you're broke a leg or you know something like they that they will evacuate yeah they with evac- a helicopter exactly. or something so uh, yeah, yeah that's what we used when i was out west is those spots yeah and they they run you about 150 bucks brand new and it's a yearly fee right. to use it or maybe it's a monthly fee or something like that right um, but totally totally worth it yeah. another one you can look into is the delorman inreach mm-hmm. and those are actually becoming really popular because they have a uh, texting service, and oh. you can actually send and receive text messages via satellite from the inReach device. Gotcha. It's really cool, yeah, it's and cool. it's your GPS and everything all wrapped into one. Gotcha. But those are quite a bit more pricey, right? Well, <laughs> you know, and to me, I don't want to be reached out there. No, <laughs> I don't care. No, I don't want even. I don't even want the temptation to be able right. to do it. You know what I mean? Right. I just want to leave that kind of behind. Yeah. But uh, but it would be nice if something happened. To where you could text somebody before you hit the evac right. SOS and spend thousands and thousands of dollars. Right. So yeah. Yeah. That's no joke. But uh, anyway, well, uh, I guess my last questions. You've you've done this a couple times now. Yep. You've tried two different canoes. Yes. Of those two, uh-huh. which is your favorite, and then secondly, what is your overall favorite piece of gear to bring on a boundary waters trip? And then we'll wrap this up. Gotcha. Um, so we use we had a uh, Source River. Yep. Um, the first time, and we had a Bell 
or a North Star. Yep. He used to be a Bell. So Bell, we wanted to go to a Bell because Bell was actually, he's from Indiana. Um, and when the Bell Canoe brand, when he sold that um, and he decided to get back into it, um, he had to rename it North Star. So, gotcha. little, yeah, a little quick history. But we wanted to get into, you know, try one of those. And uh, the only one we haven't really tried that we want to try still is a Winona, uh, which is probably the most popular I would say that I think that the bell canoe tracked better when we were paddling. But Which is a big deal. Right. But I don't feel that the seats were as comfortable. And I feel like the, uh, especially the bow seat, was definitely uh, a little more narrow. Really? Um, a little bit less room, huh? Right. So maybe not, I mean, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Maybe that's why it tracks better, too. I, I'm sure. There's gotcha. A little for that reason. Um, but as far as comfort goes, if we were to do it again, I mean, I'd like to try to win a Winona, but we would probably go with the Source River just because comfort-wise, I think it's just got more room and is, you know, it is still tracked amazing. And they're about the same weight. Yeah. Um, so the Source River. And I think that's, I mean, that's what they put us in when we first got there. And, you know, they said it's probably one of their more popular ones anyway. So the, the North Star was, it, it was amazing. I mean, we could effortlessly just paddle and just glide. glide. Um, and that's another big thing, too, uh, that you really have to, I, I, I learned about was the, the weight that you do put in. I mean, it is good to have some weight into the canoe. That's, yeah. that's the biggest thing that I think I didn't realize because, you know, you're always like, okay, I need to cut this weight, I need to cut this weight, I need to cut this weight. Well, the more weight you have in these canoes, they're, I mean, they're, they actually have like an optimal weight limit that they paddle the best at this. Oh, wow. When you load it at this uh, weight. Probably because it, it sits a little bit deeper in the water. Exactly. Oh, I got you. Exactly. And that was the other thing, too. I would say that the, I'm trying to think, I can't remember which one sat a little bit lower in the, one of them sat a little bit lower into the water. I think it was the Source River, maybe. Um, and w- and maybe that's because we had more weight the first time too. Right. Who knows? Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, some of them sit lower in the water, some of them sit higher in the water. And a lot of that's going to depend on what your trip is like. If you're on a lot of rivers, the majority of the time, you know, sitting lower in the water may not be as big of a deal. Whereas, right, if you're on a lot of lakes and you have this wind cutting across, um, the lower you sit in the water, the l- I mean, the less you're going to get blown around. Right. The better the canoe is going to track, the right. better you're going, the less effort you're going to spend steering the canoe, probably. Right. So um, a lot of it just depends on what your trip is. Um, I, any three of those brands are going to be amazing. You know, the Source River, the Bell or North Star or uh, the Winona. Um, they're all good canoes, um, and they're all going to be the Kevlar to where they're really lightweight and stuff like that. Right. And uh, yeah, I mean, they're uh, so like uh, the Source River is definitely probably my favorite, though. While we're sitting here on this topic of canoes and seating, have you ever did they ever uh, give you guys like Crazy Creek chairs? Have you ever seen those like f- like rollable chairs yeah. that give you the back back support? I would say that's like I love that. Yeah, while well, I'm canoeing. So the first year we didn't we didn't get one. The second year we did. Um, and I would say that, so, okay, <laughs> it depends on what you're doing. Like if like a solo canoe, it doesn't really matter as much because right. um, 
you're actually sitting really low, and you can use your own pack as like a, a back to it. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, um, just depending on how you pack the canoe and stuff like that. Um, which we took when we went this last time. We had two doubles and then one single. One single. And I wanted to do the single just to try it out, and it yeah, it was pretty nice. But the uh, Crazy Creek was pretty nice. Uh, we, you know, especially you could even use it out on the. You know, at campsite too. Right. So yeah, that's a big there. deal too. Is having somewhere to sit at camp. Too. Right. And typically, most of the places that we went had logs there. Where you, uh, a good people had moved logs over to certain areas to, to sit around the fire, or sit around the fire, like that. and stuff yeah. like that. Um, but you know, we we always took a hammock with us, even if we weren't camping on it, just as a lightweight way Seat. to relax. Yeah. The, you know, hard day on portaging and get off your feet. Yep. Just kind of. Take a little siesta underneath the, mm. one of the pine trees, and it's the best kind of siesta. <laughs> it really was, but um, yeah, I would say uh, as far as my favorite gear, piece of gear, it w- it would probably be my axe. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I it's knew just it. I knew it. It's uh, one of those things where it just I don't know. It's changed the game for you. Yeah, I mean it's so. I mean, I never knew that such a difference in between a, uh, a cheap axe like hatchet and a, a really quality one yeah i mean i can split wood so easy with it it's not even funny really oh yeah it's and it's just barely you know barely even swinging it and um and yeah it just feels good in the hands and it's just yep my wife's gonna hate me tonight yeah. when i come home and say honey i need an axe <laughs> and not the little Fiskers one right. that you get at Lowe's. Right. I need a real axe. There is a, uh, so I, I, of course, it, like anything, I will pour over reviews and different, yep. uh, what different axes are out there and stuff like that. And there's, there was another brand, and I forget the name of it, that was close to the Grantsburg Brooks. And then there was another one. Um, it was, was it the Estwig? Estwig? Yeah. Um, yep. there, uh, there they was some, some good stuff. They actually had one that I think you can pick up at like a local hardware store. Okay. Um, that if you don't want to spend the money on like a really high end one that they were recommending, and I, but I don't remember the name, the brand or like the model of the Estwig. Oh, the Estwig. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, I would say the Axe just because it made me feel like a man. <laughs> it boosts your manhood. Yeah. You hear that, everyone? Yeah. If you really want to be a man, buy a really nice axe. <laughs> I totally, totally couldn't agree more. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. It's uh oh. One last thing I didn't even think about is um, water supply. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good. Good thought. Water purification. Yeah. We it's should probably. <laughs> how did we forget to touch on this? Right. I know. Well, so suppose so. They say that the water is so clean up there that if you're out in the middle of the lake, you can actually dip your um, cup in the lake or something, your jug or whatever you're doing to transport the water down, you know, at least to like your elbow. And the water is clean enough to drink from right there. We didn't trust it. So um, maybe that's just us being jaded from the Indiana streams and stuff like that. So. There's uh, not a lot of water that I would drink from an Indiana stream right. around here. But I would say that when you get up there and you look at the water, it does look pretty clean. So uh, they say that you can do it in a pinch, obviously. Yep. Um, but uh, we ended up getting the platypus. 
Mm. Um, Love the platypus. Yeah, that way you can just, it's just a gravity feed. There's no pumps. Hang it on a tree, yep. leave it, come back. Exactly. And so, you know, we, before we'd come to shore, we would fill it up. I will say that we, I think we got the smaller one mm-hmm. the first year. Like the one liter or something the, yeah, like that? Yeah, it was like one and a half liter or something like gotcha. that. The second year we went, we got the bigger one. Um, mainly because we didn't think of, well, not only do we have the water that we need to drink, but like the water that we need to cook with. Right. So it's like, okay, let's get a bigger one. That way we can just fill up before we go to shore and we have both. Yep. You know, so, and then you also have the water that you want to, have some in the morning for coffee and yep. stuff like that. So yeah, so we went with the bigger platypus, and they and they're so lightweight and they pack down so small anyway. It's it wasn't a big deal. That's great. Yeah. But anyway, so that was it. Awesome, awesome. One last question while we're on the topic of water: mm-hmm. hydration bladders or just Nalgene bottles? Uh, we just took Nalgene bottles. Yeah, uh, I feel like that's the way to go in a canoe. Yeah, I mean it's. Uh, I mean, I guess you could have a. A bladder. A bladder, if you wanted one, um, because it would be nice to be able to have it on your back. But then you're going to be throwing your, you're still going to be throwing your backpack on. Yeah. And you know, if you have to portage, you're going to have to be rearranging. And we just always, you know, as far as canoeing in the back, you know, sitting in the back, you would just have your pack right there in front of you. And so I just yeah, like a cup holder. Almost. Yeah. So yeah. I just clip onto that, and so that's what we used. Yeah. Sweet. All right, I think we can wrap this one up, don't you? Yeah, I think so. Awesome. Guys, thank you so much for listening to the All-American Outdoor Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, at All-American Outdoor Podcast. You can get on our website, theallamericanoutdoorpodcast.com. You can find us on YouTube. We are going to start putting out some YouTube videos, hopefully here soon. I'm going to put some work into that. Um, Just search the All-American Outdoor Podcast. You can find us on Facebook. Our page is the All American Outdoor Podcast, mm-hmm. and we are putting out weekly posts and um, biweekly content. We've got a new article coming out. I just got back from a backpacking trip all the way to the bottom of the Grand Canyon. It was beautiful. It was awesome, and there'll be an awesome read coming out here in the next week about that. Sweet, I so, can't wait to read it. Yeah, it's gonna be great. All right, Tyler, let's wrap this one up. All righty. Thanks for listening, guys. Yep. Have a good day. <laughs>